Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself, and I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Hello and welcome back to the Business Addicts Podcast. Today we have Simona currently coming to us from the south of Spain near the Mediterranean Sea. I was introduced to by a friend, mutual friend of both of ours, and I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation. So why don't you introduce yourself and let us know maybe where you really came from and uh, and your story. Great to be here. Thank you, Kevin. I'm really happy we're going to have this conversation. Uh, I think we have some interest in common, and I think we come from different uh, sides, but uh, we will overlap on many things. So I'm yes. very excited to talk uh, with you, and I hope your audience will like, uh, you know, where I'm coming from. So uh, as you said, I'm coming from the south of Spain tonight. That's where I live. I've been living here for eight years. It's a beautiful place, beautiful corner of the world. I'm actually half Italian, half Swiss. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a European mix. And I'm an opera singer. So, I mean, being Italian is uh, kind of a good starting point for that. Yes. Opera was yep. uh, created in Italy, was invented, created in Italy. Uh, some of the most famous operas are Italian and in Italian. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the world caught up. There's some amazing stuff out there. But um, what, when did you how long have you been an opera singer? Um, I started really late. I started uh taking lessons when I was 25, okay. which is when other people start, uh, you know, running around on stage. And that's when I took my first lesson. So I came really, really late. How long have I been a singer for? 24 years, I believe. Okay. Uh, in 1999, I think I went, I went professional. And so I've been a singer for 24 and a teacher and coach for singers and vocal coach for 20 years, best part of 20 mm-hmm. years now. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's special. Not too often we get an opera singer, a professional singer <laughs> on, on here. And that's one of the things that we, that we, that do overlap for us that, well, not in the same way. I have not performed near as much as you have, but I do love singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that. That's wonderful. That's something that you should definitely pursue. I want the yeah. whole world to sing. I want everyone. I don't care if you're going professional or what, but I want people to sing because I'm very aware of how good it is for you, how, how, or all the benefits of singing. There are many, 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 a lot more than people think. Yeah. I've, I've started something recently where, you know, I get down on about something and I realize that I can just start singing some song that I love and switch my entire mood. Oh yeah. <laughs> it works yeah. really well. It does. So. All right. So you grew up in Italy then? Yeah. Right. So tell us about how you got into coaching and, you know, what drew you to that? So it it was my, my work as a singing teacher, because when you sing, when you teach people to sing, 
it's a lot more than just a skill you know it's not like like teaching them to do something to build something or it's it's a skill that um goes very deep because it's got the technique like so it's very physical how do you breathe how do you stand how do you move posture a lot of things how do you hold all sorts of muscles and things that you didn't even know you had and um but then it goes a lot deeper than that because it's also very um psychological like your voice showing your voice is very is a very very uh exposed vulnerable thing to do it's it's showing so much of you such a big part of who you are and your voice has got a life of its own uh your voice sometimes says things that you don't want it to say it tells them not in words because you might be choosing your words very carefully but your voice gives away things that you did not intend <laughs> to come out that way and you always yeah. will tell them so it's it's a big it's a big journey to uh get to know your voice to appreciate it to respect it because if you don't respect your voice your voice will take a huge and horrible revenge and you don't want that so it's it's a getting nearer getting to know each other really i think you and your voice is like two entities in the same body and you've got to make peace with this concept and you've got to to accept what an important part of you your voice is so when you teach someone to sing you explore so much of their emotional world plus the physical plus the artistic because there's many ways of doing things so you're talking about aesthetics you're talking you know it, it's a huge set of skills there's so much involved in that so yeah. it's very easy to get into coaching like that because when when you sing that way and when you breathe that way you set free so many emotions and when they come out and the singer is there and like oh my god and and then they say yeah can i tell you why i feel like this and then that's when they start opening their world to you and that's one of the reasons one of the ways voice just brings out things that you were not meant to speak or, or that yeah. you did not intend to speak but your soul wanted you to so you sing and you throw them out there so you can see yeah. them yeah that's amazing yeah i recently i may have even covered it in a previous episode but i've recently just had uh, a big change in my voice and uh, my singing voice probably changes in my voice too if you go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast versus now there's probably a lot of changes in my voice but um there was someone that i sing with that had a lot of trauma and abuse in his house you know when he was growing up and the mm -hmm. the thing that kept him like he found singing and he's an amazing singer today still today you know 40 years later it's what yeah it's like it became his voice for yeah, everything yes and he be he uh i love that he could just make he can put so much emotion in what he sings that he can just make almost anyone cry you yes. know with the emotion and yes, so exactly yeah talk to us more about that i want i want you to share also what you told me about a baby and ah yeah um, <laughs> yeah Sure. Um, I, I want to. I want to just come back quickly to what you said about your friend who who you said found his voice and and it's become his voice. Yes. I love that. I talk about freeing the voice of your soul. 
this is a phrase I use a lot um, uh, because your voice is not only your physical voice. So I want you to free your physical voice. So I want you to sing well, to have a, a reliable technique, you know, to sing really, really well. But more than that, I want I want you to free your, your voice as in your message, as in what you are contributing to humanity, what wow. you are here to say, what you came into this life to say, because you have a message. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You have a message. And mm -hmm. um, so freeing your voice means accepting, you know, the, the task and, and the permission to share your message. And this is a big, big thing. So you can do it with a beautiful singing voice or you can do it in some other way. You could just talk, you could write, you could make some whatever. You can you can help people. You can, it doesn't matter what you do. You could be a baker. It doesn't matter. But you will find in, in an ideal way, if you learn to listen to, to yourself and accept who you are, you will bring forth a beautiful message. And so this is definitely what your friend has done. He's done it through singing which is, yes. of course, one of my favorite ways of doing it. But there's many other ways. And yeah, I like that you mentioned babies. So a baby is still 100% connected to their message. A baby mm. doesn't yeah. have any, any you know, um, beliefs or, or fears about what, what they're allowed to say or to express. So they come, they come from pure... Uh, joy, uh, curiosity, uh, you know, they want to be there. They want to, they want to share their message. They want to, it's a, it's a loud message. I mean, babies yeah. <laughs> are very, very loud as you would know. <laughs> and the, the way they project their voice is uh, the best way you can project your voice. Babies scream like opera singers. As an opera singer, you go back to doing exactly what you were doing as a baby. So you get back to breathing into your belly and then in pushing your belly out when the voice is meant to come out like, Whoa! and this is very, very uh, loud and it can be very high and you don't get tired easily. Babies can scream forever at the top of their lungs yeah. and remain perfectly fresh. That's what you have to relearn if you want to become a classical singer, because uh, obviously, you were not allowed to do it past your first, I don't know, maybe two months. And I bet you anything, your parents tried to, no, no, shh, shh, you know, when you, when you were crying, just let them scream. Let them scream. They're practicing. Yeah. Uh, so let, let them, I know it's maybe socially not very acceptable, but um, I don't care about any of that. I prefer, I prefer having, having free individuals. And if the others don't like it, well, it should step a bit aside, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I think an, another passion that we have is just that, that we share is that, you know, kids are so, con like you said, they're so connected to who they are and to their message. And yeah, um, even younger kids, like six or so, you know, we were, we were, we were talking a little bit before this about how possibly for kids that have addicts as parents that you know maybe they would benefit from singing or whatever is their gift from being encouraged in that way for allow allow their voice to to come out then like a kid yeah. that's five six um way before they get into their teens where 
then we start to see all the acting out of the things that are traumatizing to them. Yeah, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a real fan and advocate of letting your kids grow up a bit more freely. You know, uh, everyone wants wants them to be to be like well behaved and all of that. But um, this is not only teaching them a social skill that's useful because then you know how to behave and, and you blend in better. And yeah, so a kid should learn that they, they should be told how this works and they should maybe maybe practice it from time to time yeah. just to make sure the skill is active, you know, but they should be allowed to express themselves mm -hmm. and the expression can come in many ways uh, they, they might have to express sadness or anger or just joy i mean kids kids scream when they're happy they laugh they make a racket and they should be allowed to do that and they should be allowed to cry and they should be allowed to sing no matter if they're in tune or not a kid who wants to sing uh let them sing this is this is so important don't don't shut them down because it's not only the physical voice you're telling them to be silent, but you are you are really shutting down their expression as a person. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And this is that's bad. That's right. Yeah, that's very right. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to share. I have a. I won't say how old he is because then people will know who I'm talking about. But under ten, and he's just a natural coach. And this last weekend, he was coaching a sixty-year-old on how to be confident, and it's. Um, I mean, I just, I wish I could share how well he did as an under 10 and he's yeah. well able to help someone else. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with his ability to, to do that. I'm not saying that he doesn't have things that we're working with him on that. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm saying that he's a human being and he loves people enough to give them advice yep. and to and yeah. to question them. He he knows how to ask good questions. It's just in him, you know? We do a mix of homeschooling, unschooling, all, all kinds of things. We're definitely on the alternative side of all that, but... Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. This is so and beautiful. It's, it's, been yeah. a, it's been an amazing journey. It's been so helpful yeah. for our family to, yeah. to work through all that and to be free from yeah, so many of the social... Yeah, to bloom. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, you... Okay, so I kind of understand. Um, why would you want to come on an addict podcast? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think that you know, I know, I know it can be really tough, and it's it's a it's a it's something that makes people's lives really hard, and uh, also people around them and everything. It is a huge problem, but I believe that uh, there's so much that can be done about it. Mm -hmm. I believe that it's not necessary. Pass me. Uh, I, I know it might, might sound silly, and you know, especially, especially with, with people who I know what I'm talking about. My parents were both yeah. addicts. They were both alcoholics, mm -hmm. and they were the kind of alcoholics who function. So uh, other people would not have known that. They would um, go about their day, their working life and everything uh, after a good night's sleep and be, they were respected and, and, you know, also appreciated and in what they did. And they were, they were pretty great when they were sober. Mm -hmm. 
And then the moment they would get back home, which was about early afternoon, lunchtime or that, they would start drinking right away and they would just not stop. And after a couple of hours already, they were not themselves anymore. They were, they were different people. And us kids, we were, it, it was really, really tough mm. for us. And we knew exactly what was going to happen. Uh, the pattern repeated. We knew it by heart. We could have played it. We knew it so well. And we also tried, we said sometimes like, just for today, can you just, just for today, not drink? Let's, let's just, just as a game, just as an experiment. And uh, I remember it working the odd time, maybe three times over, oh. over, 15 years mm -hmm. or something I don't know <laughs> you know and and then we would say you see you see and we were having a, a gorgeous evening you know we we're having fun and everything was nice and why can't we have this every day and they, they, they were kind of yeah they knew what we were talking about but not a hope in hell the day after yeah. it, it would start again so and you would see this both these two people just just not being themselves anymore just being someone else and uh, I believe that uh, they came to addiction from two different um, uh, directions, say. My father definitely came from trauma. Okay. My father was born in 1930, and he was a young boy in Naples during World War II. Mm. And he was under bombings, you know, he, he had all of that trauma. He had a, a violent mother mm. who would who would um, hit them, all of them. There were four or five kids that she would hit them with a, with a uh, leather belt and that kind of stuff because she wanted them disciplined and she was like very strict and all of that. So he came, and, and poverty, so he came from real trauma and uh, wasn't then able to cope with uh, a nice life that he had created for himself. He was very talented, but he was not emotionally able to cope with all of that. So that was one path to addiction, which is very common. I think there's a lot yeah. of people coming to addiction from trauma. And my mother came from a completely different uh, perspective. Um, she was a war child as well, but in Switzerland that was neutral. Mm. So they would have planes go, you know, pass overhead, but they wouldn't drop bombs there. They would go to Germany or they would go to something. So they were obviously aware of what was going on. It was stressful for kids. They were scared, but there was no trauma like that. And her parents were kind, at least, you know, um, kinder. There was nothing like that bad. But she was um, bullied, if you ask me, by her parents into doing what they wanted her to do okay. and be and become. She was a very artistic soul. She painted really well. She drew. She was, she was like, she was decorating and everything around her was beautiful. She was very gifted. And she wanted to become an actress. So an all-round creative person. And she was not allowed, uh, as in she didn't have the strength to stand up for herself and say, uh, I'm going to do it anyway, because she was, you know, drilled to be an obedient daughter and all of that. There's also times when, you know, it's different, different era altogether. And she was nudged into becoming a professor. She was an academic, so was my father, you know. So they, she went into a very strict, very, very... Uh, materialistic mm -hmm. you know very very uh, structured straight 
yeah, not artistic environment, none of that. And so she failed to live her calling. She failed to listen to her to to her soul's uh, desire to to which was to be an artist. And this is another thing that will definitely lead you. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about a few more people. Well, well, is quite likely to lead you to addiction. Yeah. So they got there. They met in the middle. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where we're coming from, both of us, of what we were talking about with kids. Like a lot of us, in this age, are dealing with things that have been here for generations that have led up to yeah. this time and um, yes it's time for some of us at least and hopefully more of you listening to join us in not in some in something that's different than that's what's normal and socially acceptable yes it's it's about breaking these old patterns that come down from generations and generations and we can break them we have the power to break them and you know when you talk about uh anything artistic it could be painting dancing acting i talk about singing it could be playing an instrument it could be any any artistic expression really i think that is a very powerful antidote to the emotions that can lead to addiction mm -hmm. how shall i say you might have a calling to to be an artist and i believe that if you really heed that you are less likely to become uh, addicted to anything uh let me put something in brackets people will say yeah but look at all these superstars all these singers who are uh, drug addicts um uh, alcoholics how does that work out well it does because that's only a tiny uh number of people we're talking about you know, it's, it's one in a million who, who make it to star them. And it's even a smaller, smaller uh, percentage of the ones that then become alcoholics. There are some amazing, uh, great, fantastic artists out there who live a very healthy life and a, and a very happy life pursuing their art. So, of course, there are cases of that. And there as well, maybe the art itself is not enough on its own to counter some terrible stuff we don't know yeah. what's happened yeah. before but uh keeping that in mind because obviously it's it's a question that can arise but uh often an addiction comes also from not having a real uh interest a real passion a real purpose and uh Cultivating an art, no matter if you're taking it to levels and to professional and to whatever you want, or if you're just doing it for your own pleasure, for your own joy, for your own fulfillment, has an incredible um, potential when it comes to taking you out of these moods, out of these thoughts and out of that mental space where the best thing that you can think of is uh, go for some substance and it can it can uh, replace that. It can you can get to a point where when you don't feel the way you want to feel, your first remedy for that is your art. And I know I know uh, this has happened and has worked for a lot of people, a lot of people, in any art you can think of, 
not just singers. And if you ask me, as a classical singer, you are you better live a healthy life because otherwise you you won't be able to do it. This is such a it's almost a sport. It's such a physical thing. You need such control. You need such good health in order to deliver what a classical singer needs to deliver. That is not really compatible. So uh, for me, for example, I would say if someone is passionate about uh, classical singing enough. That will be a moment where it's a choice, either or, because both can't live side to side. Yeah. Not possible. You know, it, you ha you'll have to choose. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if any real, like if you want to be fully what you're called to be, I just don't feel like addiction is really, or any, I mean, there's so much you got to let go of, you know, to do exactly what you're called to be. I, I, with what you're saying about artists, I really think that applies to so many people. Maybe we can go and get a job and find some level of happiness. And for many people, that works. But more and more today, people are feeling their calling and they're called to have a business, have a coaching business, have a, you know, be coaches. It's a, it's a big one right now. Lots of, lots of coaches. And it's not going to be an easy thing to succeed in no matter what we're doing without fully understanding and letting go of everything except for what really matters about us and yeah. teaching ourselves that you know that that gift those gifts that we have no one say just one gift but all the gifts that we have are valuable they're they're more valuable than so much else we could put our put our time into Yes. And that's that's a vulnerable thing. It's very vulnerable to Yes. to be like, you know what? So all these things I have valued or all these people I valued um I I can't be I can't choose any of that. I have to choose what this calling is or what what I need to yeah. do to really allow my voice to come out. Let's use your words and and my guests right. come out and and teaching ourselves that and teaching uh, allowing others to see that allowing kids to see that um yeah that's that's beautiful a lot of happy people yeah and you know what i think that when you get to this awareness it's because you are getting out of the space of your mind. Your mind tells you that you have to do this and this and that and all of that stuff. And you are getting a lot closer to your soul. Yeah. And uh, your soul has that message we were talking about. And if you have the guts, because it takes guts to listen to the message of your soul and put it out there, you might have a few vulnerable moments. You might doubt yourself. You might go like, this is crazy. I'm doing something that is so ridiculously different from everything I'm expected to do, everything I've known so far. So this is this is a, a difficult moment. But the moment you take that step, the moment you say, do you know what, soul, I'm all yours. Do you know what? Forget that. Let, let's do it. Uh, vulnerability has gone. There's nothing vulnerable left. You are unstoppable. You are unbreakable. You are it's you, you are something else you are empowered you create your future you create your present you create what you want and this is something i am 
so passionate about, I can't find the words to tell you how much. I'll tell you why. Um, I care a lot about the environment. I care a lot about nature. I care a lot about our planet. And I'm not at all the, the activist kind of person, you know, goes and screams from rooftops. I believe that when you find this connection to your soul, this real pure connection to your soul, you are automatically, because there's no other way, connected to nature. Mm -hmm. When you are connected to your soul, you understand that you are nature. Mm -hmm. You are part of nature. And you would not hurt yourself. So a disconnected mind that's only the mind and is disconnected from the soul thinks, oh, uh, great, uh, I don't know, let's, let's go and destroy that. It's so much fun or make so, so much profit or whatever. It doesn't think, doesn't... When, when you are in the soul, you look at the tree and, and, and you know that the tree is you. Uh, you look at an animal, you look at whatever it is, a waterfall, it doesn't matter. And you just have so much respect for it because you have respect for yourself and you understand that that and you are the same thing. Yeah. And this is the love of, call it what you will, God, yes. uh, yeah. universe. Call it where you will, but you are at one with all mm -hmm. of that. Love it. And yeah, and this is this is what I want for humanity. And I want them to sing, but <laughs> this is what I want for <laughs> for humanity. I want humans to be connected to their own soul, because by doing that, they will be connected to our planet and to each yes. other. When you understand yeah. that the person in front of you is not different or other, but it's just part of you and, and a mirroring aspect of you, you can't destroy them. You can't kill them. You can't hate them. No. You will understand them. You will help them. You will love them. I, I like the word. It's not too big. You will love them. Yes, that's because, right. Because, yeah. That's, and that's really the energy of the universe and all life is love. Yes. Yeah. I admitted yes. to my 18-year-old son earlier this week that, um, well, I've started to do exactly what you're talking about. And I used to be really afraid of spiders, but now I'm having trouble killing any spiders in the house. <laughs> and so I admitted this to him and he of course was just like, you're, you're going nuts, you know? But I, my excuse was I have another friend who's been naming the spiders in his house. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm not yeah. quite that bad. At least I go and release them or, or, or I just leave them. You exactly. know, if they're in a spot in the house where it's fine, yeah. like, leave them alone. If they're dangerous, try and yes. catch them without yeah. hurting them and get them wet. And if they're not dangerous, yeah, they're going to get the there. flies. That and are coming yeah, in. give them names. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love My that. My wife might not I really like love that. the spider web stuff, but anyway, I I, I totally understand. <laughs> you get to this point where, like, like when I work with people on energy, this. The, the concept of us being a conduit of having love and light um, energy, beautiful energy come through our head all the way down into the earth. That's the point of, mm -hmm. of our existence is not, right. it's not to stop it, you know, and really the problem is that we're, that we're building up all these beliefs and things that you mentioned earlier more eloquently than, than I would be able to right now in my mind. And um, it stops the love. It stops the love from us receiving it and from us giving it to someone it else and, and from us sharing yes. it with our environment and the earth. And 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also the earth has an energy and we, we are a kind oh, of, course. for that energy, the, the, whatever you want to call it, the water energy, the fire energy. I don't know what it, I don't know much about it, but it has an energy and we are, we are oh, yeah. built to pass that through us out to the universe. Right. And that's right. Yeah, and so, that's right. um, this state of really being an unconditional love of, of learning what that means for ourselves. Yeah. I just, I, I love what you're saying and it, and it does come across very powerfully because you're living it and we can, we can see that about you. We can hear that in your voice. So I'm, I'm with you. Wow. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. And, and I'm happy uh, if you think that I get the message across because that is the voice of my soul. That's what my soul wants to say. Uh, I can sing opera. It's great fun. But the voice of my soul is mm. the message of my soul is that. Mm. Uh, and I can find a different way of expressing it. That's that, that doesn't really matter, yeah. but that is the message. And you know what, what all of that means if we sum it up, when you are in that space, when you are connected to your soul and you are connected to, there's no space for addiction. Correct. What, what addiction to what? Mm -hmm. You're, you are, you are, you, you are the universe. <laughs> the universe would not damage itself. Mm -hmm. You are not going to damage yourself. Mm -hmm. And you come into a completely different, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just like, it doesn't make sense. What, what are you talking about? It's just not compatible. It's just, it becomes absolutely irrelevant. Mm. Thank yeah. you very, you just, you just solved something for me. One of the coaches in the United States that, that's got a whole bunch of people watching him. He's influenced many people that have started coaching schools, etc. He's in his, he's getting older now, but he's still coaching. Steve has a list of affirmations that he's like the most powerful ones that he repeats for himself all the time. The very first affirmation that he uses is I am the universe. And I really never completely understood that. And I feel like yeah. you just solved it for me and what you just said. Yeah. I don't know the guy, but I love him. He's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm doing my best to spread the message as well from my perspective, from where I am. I created a platform I'd like to tell you yes. about. It's called the Keepers of Mother okay. Earth. And I created it with four colleagues. Right. And we come from different backgrounds and stuff. But we all believe this. This is our core belief. We all share this mm -hmm. belief. And this is it's a newborn platform. Okay. It's a newborn community. We're growing. Yeah. We're, and, and this is a space for exactly this kind of um, energy, this kind of awareness this kind of uh, uh work to find your way back to yourself mm -hmm. so it's keepers of mother earth we want we want uh, it's about nature it's about our habitat our environment but we don't go from of course we like sustainability and all of that all the practical stuff of course but that's not our approach that's a nice side effect and we, yeah. we add that to the mix but our work is this go back to your soul and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, you're not going to litter it, if you care about yourself. No, you can't. It's not no. compatible. It's just an energy that is it, just like... Yeah, you're picking up for no, other people. Would not make like sense. you're 
you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did this. And so you pick it up. That's and right. It, it's just in you. It's like we, we want to take care of what's around us when we when we appreciate ourselves. We want to take around take care of the people around us, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how do you find this? How do you find this community? It's just keepersofmotherearth.com okay. in all in one word. And uh, if you get to the website, you see who we are, etc. And then you can go on community, mm-hmm. and the community takes you to the the platform. It's hosted on Mighty Networks, and it's uh, it's a it's a it's a beautiful platform. It works really really well. Um, that's where we hang out, and where, cool. yeah, well, definitely that I'll check it out too because well, I know I know oh, there's nice. so many beautiful communities that are coming from this type of work, and yeah. Um, we use Mighty Networks too. We have a on the Belief Crew side. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's a great platform to create a it community, is, to yeah. create a conversation, yeah. Yeah. and to mm-hmm. find people that align with your purpose and and get even get help from the people that are uh, in the community. Yeah. Was well, there anything else that you want to go into? Nothing in particular that we haven't touched on, but uh, I just want to repeat the message that I think is very important to hear for anyone who is struggling with an addiction. Um, I'm not saying this lightly, but you don't need it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have an addiction. I know it's hard. I, I, I understand it. I, I know, but I swear you don't need it. It's the second best thing that you could find, and so uh, you went with it, but you can change your mind, and you can find something that is so much better that the distance from second best to best is like you would never, you know, even consider looking back. Yes, so yeah. true. Yeah, I remember, and so much of what. I- what I personally found out is linked to what you're talking about when we, so every addict has a story behind it. You know, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. didn't just come from nothing. And really some of those thoughts are that, that there's something about us that's not enough. And yes. And if we can understand it's, we're scared to figure out what it is. That's not enough. But the true is, truth is that it's not true. We are enough. Your message is oh, powerful. Yeah. You were created oh, yeah. in a way that is beautiful. And there's always a calling. There's always a message. There's always gifts for what yeah. you're doing. And there's no reason to, like, I love that. There's no reason for second best. No, there isn't. You might be able to cope with life with an addiction, but there's... It's always going to be second best. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This has been very special. You bring... Thank you. I hope... Yeah, I know the energy will come through the podcast, but just being with you, it just... It inspires me. So I appreciate that as well. And thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. That's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And to stay in touch, email us at info at businessaddictspodcast.com.